0: Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of Keeping Up with the Gmen. I'm your I'm your host Christian Morell, and this is my co-host Anthony Rivardo. This podcast is brought to you by EmpireSportsMedia.com where you can find daily New York sports content. So Anthony, we have a preseason game tonight. How are you doing?
1: That we do. I'm doing well. How are you, Christian?
0: Oh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I know a lot of the league this year is really sitting a lot of starters. Uh, but I'm really hoping we can get a good amount from the Giants and a good amount from the Bengals, too. Uh, Last week, you know, we kind of previewed some of the main players for the Bears, but they never suited up, so.
1: Right, their defense and offense, everybody that was starting or that's going to be starting for them in the regular season sat, so we didn't get to see Eli take on a legit defense, and that was pretty disappointing.
0: Yeah, Eli had a solid night. He went 4-for-4 four four for 42 yards and a touchdown. Um, on that drive, you know, they really ran the ball a lot, and that's really good. And not to try to take anything from Eli, but all four of those passes seemed under... See, they mean, they were underneath, but it's also good of him to put the ball in the right spot. Um, I would like to see him hit something downfield at some point, and maybe even tonight.
1: Yeah, I would too, but uh, I won't forget he had a very nice pass over the middle to Cody Latimer, and that was about a 15-yard dart over the middle. That that looked good. Yeah, you're right. That that was That was a very nice throw. And the offensive line looked particularly good on that drive, especially on the touchdown pass. They picked up the blitz very well, and it allowed single coverage for Benny Fowler and got us a touchdown, so that was good to see.
0: Yeah, I know it's just preseason, but the quarterbacks look very calm back there so far.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that, and I think maybe it's a lot of the play calling. Maybe Shermer's doing better in his second year. Everything has just looked very, very calm and patient and well thought out.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely expecting a second year jump for this offensive unit. And uh, you know, we mentioned the running backs a little bit. They all of them really looked good last week. Um, you know. Rod Smith really stepped it up. Uh, Paul Perkins was running tough, and then he flashed some receiving ability with a nice 26-yard catch. Uh, Even Ron uh, Hilleman, is that how you say it?
1: Jonathan Hilleman. yeah. He came came out of nowhere and had a great game.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, and you know, that's also, you also have to give credit to the offensive line just for the way they were blocking and. You know, I mean, Rod Smith did a little bit of uh, creating yards, I noticed, and I, I really liked that. So do you think he could make a late preseason push to make this roster?
1: I, I think he definitely could. I know last couple episodes when we talked about him, we thought maybe, maybe he was kind of about to be cut, and he had a really strong performance against the Bears. So I think he kind of saved himself there, but he's going to have to build on it this week. And next week too, if he wants to secure a spot, because now he's got a three-way battle. It was only a, it was started off just him versus Wayne Gallman. Then it was Paul Perkins, and now it's actually four. It's even Hilliman. He looked so good that we've got a really really big battle, going for the uh, backup running backs.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely heating up here, and you know Rod Smith might be at least treading water at this point because he was he was sinking for a while. And as far as the pass catchers, uh, Cody Latimer seems like he's really cemented himself into the deep threat role for this team. So, you know, that's definitely something for the fantasy football crowd to take note of, too.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, gotta love that throw from Daniel Jones to Cody Latimer on the left sideline. That was beautiful. Oh, that was great.
0: Yep. Daniel's one for one down the field. And through two games, his passing is nearly perfect. He's thrown sixteen of nineteen for two hundred twenty-eight yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. But he does have those two fumbles. But uh, how do you think? How do you? How do you think he responded to that? I know he, you know, came out and had his best drive after. But you know, do you think he looked rattled at all?
1: No, I don't really think he did. I think he handled it really well. Um, especially as you mentioned he had an excellent drive right after that and those are just rookie mistakes in all honesty the the fumbled snap he'll obviously get that worked out he definitely needs to improve on his pocket presence and tuck the ball when somebody's coming after him but I know Eli Manning had that problem early on in his career too so it's it's all easy to get worked out and he didn't look too too perturbed by it and when he spoke about it in the media he seemed like he it was just a learning mistake and that's all it is. He's going to learn from it. I think so, too. And I don't know about you, but him compared to
0: Eli, I think he gets slightly more pissed off about things like that than Eli.
1: Well, I do remember uh, when we were still evaluating him and during the Senior Bowl, I believe, he threw he threw an interception, and he got really pissed on the sidelines, and that was a little surprising. Raised a couple question marks to a few scouts, but seems like he's worked that out and he's been able to uh, – have a more calm approach uh lately since he's joined the Giants and it's similar to Eli and they're both very calm after making mistakes
0: yeah that's definitely a definitely a trait they really liked um outside of Cody Latimer what are some who are some receivers
1: that have really been catching your eye TJ Jones for sure um Alonzo Russell has been catching my eye through training camp but he hasn't really gotten too many opportunities in the preseason Obviously, he had that pretty awesome tackle uh, against the Bears uh, after the interception, but I'd like to see him get more targets so he can maybe make a push for the roster because I do really like Russell, but T.J. Jones has been a very nice surprise. He caught that nice touchdown pass from Daniel Jones, and he had one uh, in Week 1, too, so he's been a very nice surprise.
0: Absolutely, and when you mention Russell, the play that really sticks out to me is when he ran all the way down the field for that uh, touchdown-saving tackle when Alex Taney threw an interception.
1: Right. Yeah, great hustle play. A play like that can get you on a roster alone.
0: Absolutely. Just that Just that sheer effort as one of those back-end guys is so important. Um, You know, the tight ends, the, the depth still looks really good, but we're probably not even going to see Evan Ingram until... Dallas or do you think he'll play tonight
1: no I don't think he'll be playing in the preseason I think we'll see him week one he should be I think he's healthy I think they're just being really they're being very uh, cautious and as well they should be he uh he's obviously known for having a bit of an injury history so I don't I'm I'm not a I'm not going to object to them bubble wrapping him until week one
0: yeah that's really fine and you know Saquon Barkley too Right. Um, But to really get into that Bears game, a guy that I thought really stepped it up from week one to week two was Dexter Lawrence. Uh, I was a little bit critical of his first week, even though it was very limited time. But uh, last week, he was really walking offensive guards into the quarterback just without any issue at all.
1: Yeah, he looked much improved. And now that you said that, it reminded me, Um, Our offensive guard, who was just walking back two people at once on a certain run play, I'm not sure if you saw that clip of Will Hernandez. Man, he looks like he's about to make a huge jump this year.
0: Oh, I absolutely agree. And um, I've seen one comparison of Dexter Lawrence to Fletcher Fletcher Cox, but I think he's a lot more powerful, and he's going to win in different ways. And, you know, Cox has all the moves and everything, and he does have the strength, too. But Dexter, man, he's just getting into the backfield with no problem. Um, but, you know, another guy, another pass rusher that I'm actually not too happy about is Lorenzo Carter. Uh, man, it, it just he it looked like he was going to be a star before the pads came on, and then things got real quiet.
1: Yeah, he started off training camp with a really hot start. He was making plays left and right, but... You're right, it's gotten really quiet, and I, he had one very nice um, spin move during a pass rush against the Bears, but that's just about all I saw. That's all I remember from him is that one play. He he was pretty quiet, and it's really concerning for the um, the pass rush heading into the season, but t- uh, tonight he'll be facing up against former Giant Bobby Hart, so I'd like to see how he does against Hart because we all know how... how Awful Bobby Hart was when he was with the Giants. So that's a mm-hmm. matchup that I'm watching.
0: Absolutely, and if he does not get a sack against Bobby Hart, yeah, if, exactly. if if the if the two of them play the whole first half, and Carter does not get a single sack on Bobby Hart, that'll be pretty depressing.
1: That will be most certainly.
0: Yeah, I, I, the the expectations are high tonight when the Bengals are, you know, fielding Giants castoffs on their Mm first-team line. I don't even know why that's happening, but it really goes to show the scarcity around the league of offensive linemen.
1: That it does, correct.
0: So, uh, talking about Carter, if this continues, uh, because there was also another play in the run where I think he made Ryan Connolly look bad, because Ryan Connolly dove to the ground, you know, got a handful of nothing when he was trying to go at a guy go with a guy a little bit lower. I mean, I don't think it was anything malicious, but, you know, it was a shoestring kind of attempt. And the running back was able to just bounce it right out because Carter didn't establish any of that edge whatsoever. He just got washed up.
1: Yeah, I mean, he just hasn't been good in either aspect of the game, against the run or the or the pass, um, and he just really needs to step it up because... I'm not a fan of having Kareem Martin go out there as a starter either. I want to see Lorenzo Carter succeed, but we just haven't seen it yet.
0: Yeah, I'm ready to send Kareem Martin back out there on first and second down and just bring in Carter as a specialist because stopping the run is just incredibly important. And if you don't do it, you'll never get your pass rushing opportunities anyway. So, man, uh, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to go calling Lorenzo Carter a bust or anything, but I think he might have been one of those workout warriors that don't really translate into, you know, functional ability on the field.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's still early, so we can't declare him a bust or anything yet, but it's just we were hoping to see more of a jump in year two, and we haven't seen as much as we anticipated.
0: Yeah, we, you know, I'm afraid we might be looking to to year three, uh, you know, but... But there is also time for Lorenzo to really catch fire here. Um, But, you know, speaking of some pass rushers, uh, the X-Man got his first sack.
1: That he did. It was a nice one. Uh, That's definitely one underrated draft pick from our draft class that I'm really excited to see, and I'm happy to see him actually making a difference and even making more of a difference than Lorenzo Carter.
0: Yeah, and the reason I'm rooting so hard for the X-Men is because that puts the trade for Odell Beckham over the top if they come away with three defensive starters for one wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I mean that would be nice. It's it really is a pipe dream, you know, but it would be awesome if we could just like hit on a great third rounder and I mean the Odell trade's always going to be controversial and I don't know if these three players will even add up to be the talent that Odell is, but definitely if we can hit on that third-round pick, it will make all the difference.
0: Well, I mean, on a team that needs more starters, I'm taking a three-for-one all day. The question is whether that third asset is really going to be worth it yet, because I, and I think we feel pretty sure about Peppers and Dexter so far. Um, but, you know, X-Men... That sack was actually a second-effort play. So, you know, you could wish all you want that he just got home on his initial rush, you know, but to to have that uh, drive to keep going was really the, the key factor there.
1: Yeah, right, and that's obviously what we want to see in the preseason. We want to see players finishing plays.
0: Absolutely. Uh, taking a look at some of the... Linebackers. Uh, I thought Tay Davis. I I kind of consider him linebacker one at this point. I mean, I think he's outperformed Ogletree so far in camp, and at that point, I think Ogletree, you know, takes his job back from Ryan Connolly.
1: Yeah, I mean, BJ Goodson is just about an afterthought at this point. I feel like he's just going to get buried on this roster. Connolly, Tate Davis, and of course Ogletree will all be ahead of him when the preseason's over.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh we still expect Ogletree to call the plays and all that, and that really might be the factor that, you know, gives him his job back because they might not want younger players doing that uh you know tate davis is a second year guy Connolly's a rookie so you know maybe that's uh maybe that gives ogletree a one-year lease before these guys really uh step it up
1: yeah it's just the one concern with me is obviously they're paying ogletree so much and i don't think that they're getting half of what they're paying for no they're not (laughs) yeah I mean, obviously, he had he had the five interceptions last year, three of them off of tipped passes, but there were just so many plays where he missed his assignment in coverage and he hit the wrong gap in run defense. I think he's more of a liability than some people seem to realize.
0: Yeah, and, like, some of those interceptions are definitely fortunate, but what I've noticed about Ogletree and zone coverage He's not the worst at that. But when you try to get him to line up man to man on guys, it's over. Is it doesn't even matter who it is. He he cannot cover man to man. Um, you know, so I I think he's probably just slightly below average, but to be his his uh cap number is about 8 million, right?
1: I think it's higher. I I, I believe it's about 11 million and it's top five at the position.
0: Yeah, you know, I think the average was eight a year, but I think we're kind of paying for the pricier back end of it. Exactly. Yeah, not ideal by any means. Uh, So, with DeAndre Baker out of the lineup against the Bears, uh, Corey Ballantyne and Antonio Hamilton rotated for his reps. Do you think they played pretty well?
1: Um I didn't see as much flash from them as I saw from, like, Valentine in Week 1. Uh, Hamilton, I know he didn't play particularly well, so we we need to see more from them against the Bengals for sure.
0: Yeah, those guys, those
1: two guys look like they are good depth but should probably stay there. Well, I think Ballantyne has starter potential. It's just a little too soon to, uh, to get him out there as a starter right now.
0: Oh, yeah, I agree. I think... I think next year, Corey Valentine
1: is going to have a starting role opposite DeAndre Baker. Yeah, I think so too, and it'll definitely be interesting to watch tonight because Tyler Boyd is a pretty great receiver, and I'd like to see who matches up on him, if Janoris Jenkins is going to play or not, and see how they handle going up against a good receiver because we haven't really faced one yet in the preseason.
0: I know, yeah, Tyler Boyd is awesome. Uh, He just got a four-year contract extension too, well-deserved. Yeah, definitely. Um, in two wide sets, Janoris Jenkins will get him. When they get into passing situations, he's probably going to get passed off to Grant Haley because Boyd is really best used in the slot, and that's really a fantastic matchup for Grant Haley or even Janoris Jenkins. I mean, those are quality reps for either
1: one of those cornerbacks. Most certainly, and the Bengals also have John Ross out there who will... I think is one of the biggest draft reaches and busts in recent memory. Uh, he was just total reach there, the seventh pick I believe they took him with just because he broke a 40 record or whatever. But he hasn't panned out thus far, so it's going to be very important for the Bengals to see if he can perform. And it's going to be important for us to see, um, make sure that none of our corners get embarrassed by someone who has just been really lackluster to start his career, even though he has great speed.
0: Yeah, John Ross, man, talk about a workout warrior. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what's ironic about him? Last year he caught less than thirty balls and scored seven touchdowns. Yeah, he's just—it's <laughs> unbelievable. Just a touchdown threat. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I I wish DeAndre Baker could have could have uh, played tonight because I would love to see him matched up against John Ross and see you know, if he can handle his speed without getting too handsy.
1: Yeah, that would have been nice to see, but hopefully we'll be able to see Ballantyne match up against him and see how he can do matched up on a speedy receiver.
0: Yeah, I think John Ross, even though he hasn't met expectations, and probably never will considering how high they drafted him, mm-hmm. he's still... He's still a quality rep against a starting corner just because of the the raw speed. I mean, that is really tough to deal with, even if he's not great at everything else.
1: Yeah, it definitely can be a handful, especially for a young defensive back like Valentine or uh, Hamilton. So they definitely need to step up their game and make sure that Ross doesn't, you know, embarrass them.
0: And yeah, and I'd really like to see Norris Jenkins get some reps against him too. Uh, you know, Jenkins has really struggled with that type of receiver in the past.
1: Yeah, Jenkins is much better against the big, bulky receivers who are a little bit slower and definitely struggles against the um, the quicker guys like Tavon Austin last year. Burned Jenkins for a touchdown in week two, that was. And, yeah, I mean, Tavon Austin's another draft bus who was drafted for speed. And it's, it's always embarrassing when you see a starting corner get burned by someone like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: Especially after your safety at the time calls out the quarterback for not doing enough on offense, so glad those days are over. Me too. Well, um, something I've noticed about Antoine Bethea is just really being where he's supposed to be. Um, You know, I I expect that tonight too. I really expect that all season because he's a polished veteran uh, you know, some, some people wonder if he's lost some of his raw ability and he probably has. I mean, the guy's in his thirties, but something about playing safety is just, if you know your assignment, that is like more than half the battle.
1: Well, yeah, that's just the veteran leadership. You know, he's been in the league for 30,000 years at this point, And, He's still a solid player, and what I'm really happy about is that we have a veteran like that, and maybe he can teach a thing or two to Julian Love, since he'll probably be the safety next year, or maybe the year after, so that'll be great to see um, if uh, if Bethea's wisdom can rub off on Julian Love. Absolutely.
0: Um, And another, another bangle we should probably talk about is Joe Mixon, because... While he's certainly not a good guy, he's a really good running back. Um, you know, he's got the power, he's got the speed, he's got the receiving ability. He really has everything you're looking for in a running back, and obviously would have went much higher in the draft if he didn't do what he did. So you know, he's really a great test too because he's he's probably like the real main piece of that offense.
1: Yeah, he definitely is, and. I mean, he's a great pick in fantasy this year, if you want to discuss that. He's definitely a round one pick, and he's really got the potential to, like, maybe even lead the league in rushing. I could see him getting just an absurd amount of carries. Obviously, I think Saquon will be the one to lead it. But, yeah, Mixon's a very talented player, um, great at breaking tackles, receiving everything, so it'll be good to see the Giants' defense square off against him for a bit.
0: Absolutely, and real real quick on a fantasy note, you call him a first-round pick, 10 team 12 team which or both which one uh 12 team okay okay because i notice a lot of people aren't taking him in the first round exactly but uh, he's
1: a, he's i'd say he's a late first round pick if you've got you got a later pick I, I wouldn't i wouldn't be opposed to uh, taking Mexican at, at the end of the first round i think he does have great receiving ability so no more Giovanni Bernard I believe so um, there's nobody that's gonna steal those reps
0: all right man I well I appreciate you calling your shot there you know <laughs> a lot of people are waiting until the second round thinking they're gonna get Mixon, and then they don't and they're pretty upset about it and you know it makes them wonder if they wanted Mixon more than the guy they even drafted in the first round
1: yeah so, I mean I might not necessarily be taking him myself but I see the potential there for him to be in the top five in the league for rushing yards and of course adding a nice receiving ability so he really is like i think he's a solid pick this year
0: i do too um and you know we we haven't really touched on the Bengals' line a whole lot but just mentioning john jerry and bobby hart starting on it's probably all you need to know um that's about it (laughs) yeah so (laughs) um it's gonna it's gonna be tough for them on the ground but Mixon should be able to make up for it in the receiving game yeah and
1: of course they had that really unfortunate injury to jonah williams that was a player that i liked a lot in this year's draft and it sucks that he won't be able to go out there and compete this year but it's just going to be really rough for the Bengals offensive line you know they've got basically have bobby hart filling in for jonah williams my god, how do you yeah. end up in that spot? Yeah, right. Oh no. Well let's not pretend that the Giants haven't been there before, so
0: Yeah. Yeah, it has a lot to do with your GM, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Too much. I guess so. Um so so, so uh, the Bears had some uh, some good pass catchers in, in, you know their depth. They had guys like uh, Riley Ridley, they had guys like Javon Wims. Uh, do you think, like, for the most part, the, the secondary did a good job covering them in the second half?
1: Yeah, I think, I think they actually did a pretty good job. I didn't see too many, you know, shocking plays where corner just got really confused. It seems like they've actually gotten the miscommunications down a lot, which is really good to see.
0: Definitely. Um, so we haven't really, we didn't really dive into Daniel Jones's performance, um, Do you think he could perform well enough this preseason to even make the conversation about him as far as who plays at quarterback?
1: See, I think the conversation will always be there, but not to the Giants. And the reason why, and I think this is a lot of the reason why we haven't seen Eli play too much, they don't even want it to be a possibility. Eli's not going to play enough to play himself out of the starting job. You know, he's... He's going to play a drive, and he's going to have a good drive, and it's going to be like, okay, Eli's still got it. Even though Daniel's going to come out and play, like, four drives, and he's going to look awesome on those drives as he has, we haven't seen enough bad from Eli to constitute making Daniel Jones the starter.
0: And something you just said that really sticks out to me is they don't even want it to be a possibility that – Daniel Jones would overtake Eli so soon and I think that's a very dangerous way to think because you're boxing yourself in with the sentiment for Eli that you know you don't want to see him go down the wrong way or anything like that or a way that's not you know dignifying to him but when a team boxes themselves into that line of thinking I mean what if Jones is just tearing it up for the last two games because at this point it seems like there's nothing he can do to take the job.
1: Well, I think I think that really is the case. I don't I don't think there's much he can do. I think the Giants are really dead set on the plan of Eli is a starter until he isn't. And when he isn't is either when they're two and twelve and he's played a really awful season, or he maybe, you know, knock on wood if he gets injured. um, That seems to be the only way that we see Daniel Jones in the regular season. They seem really dead set on having Eli play the full year.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me it kind of seems too bad because you have a first-year quarterback coming in looking like this, and it's incredibly rare. And I don't want to say, you know, we need to overreact to two preseason games. But it's been going on all throughout camp. Um, Not that he's actually been better than Eli throughout camp, but some guys are just different when they take the field. And that seems to be the case with Daniel Jones. And that just seems, those kind of situations, there's just so much potential. And, you know, I hate the idea that there can't be a competition. It just seems so boxed in. And it's, it's so, it's, it seems like such an emotional decision to support Eli.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a lot more emotional than it is about the actual performance of the players, and it's really disappointing. But I guess you could say one, one good way to look at it is they're not going to rush Daniel Jones out there. You know, he's not going to go out completely unprepared or anything. So that's a pretty good way we could look at it to make it sound better. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't think he can play too early because of the offense he was in in college with Dave Cutcliffe Ryan. and, you know, just all the reads he had to make. It's similar, and you can tell it's similar because he just basically had, like, a seamless transition into that pr- first preseason game. I mean, 5-for-5, five five, nearly 70 yards, uh, it, it's he is the type of quarterback that plays early on, and I would just love to get his clock started sooner if he continues to perform this way because 2020, 2021 probably mean a lot more to this franchise than 2019.
1: Yeah, I mean, he definitely has looked ready, and without a doubt, you know, obviously the passing stats are near perfect obviously has a two fumbles, so he doesn't have everything worked out but it still is preseason but I'm I'm not too worried about him not playing this year because if he doesn't to me it means that Eli Manning and the Giants are winning and as long as we're winning I'm happy but if they're losing if they start the season they've got a lot of winnable games in the first month or two of the season and if they lose all of them the seasons in the tubes you just got to get jones out there already
0: yeah i mean hypothetically speaking you know you should want to win more games than you lose this year Mm -hmm. and that would mean you know keeping eli out there and that would all be fine but for people who don't expect uh, such a successful season those are the kinds of people that are probably sitting there tapping their foot looking at jones on the sideline
1: I mean I don't necessarily expect a winning season either for the Giants. I don't I don't think they're going to be a very good team this year. But if they are, then Eli needs to keep playing. If they're winning with Eli, then they gotta keep playing Eli. But if if they're losing like I expect them to and like a lot of fans expect them to, then yeah, we need to see Daniel Jones at some point this year.
0: Yeah, I just I just and I'm not saying that Daniel should should be starting over Eli right now. What I'm saying is I think we are working our way toward that with a couple of absolutely amazing preseason games. And if he does it two more times in the same fashion that he's already been doing it, it seems like you'd be doing a disservice to the entire team to not even consider what he might bring that Eli isn't.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely the main argument because it looks like the Giants just aren't going to consider it at all. And you're right, they should. They should at least have some consideration that maybe Eli isn't our best option. But as we've said, it looks like Mara and maybe not Shermer. Shermer looks like he might be leaning towards getting Jones ready, but obviously the front office looks like they don't want to ever let go of Eli.
0: Yeah, it's... It's really too bad to me because, you know, he's obviously done a lot for your franchise, but, I mean, seriously, if they never gave Eli that, that last contract uh, four years ago, we would probably have the same amount of accomplishments as a team <laughs> without him than with him in the last four years. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he made the playoffs once since he signed that new deal. And the playoff loss wasn't all his fault, but throughout that year, he was making the defense win the games.
1: Yeah, that he was. This last contract has not been Eli's best performing contract at all. And, you know, it's another thing to fear. What if he does play really well and he gets a contract extension after this season? Ugh. That's another thing that I know a lot of fans don't want to see. So,
0: I would sign up for a losing year knowing that they will just turn the page.
1: I guess that's fair enough, but if Eli's if is going to retire after the season, then I want to see them win. You know, if we know for sure that he's not coming back, but the problem is that we don't know that, and he's expressed a lot of interest in coming back. So it makes for a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of confounding variables. Yeah, and
0: oh man, it's just tough because he's such a good guy. But he kind of seems like he's pouting around when Daniel's on the field, and it's it's almost getting a little, it's almost getting a little annoying in a way. I mean, did you see that that look he had on his face when he completed that pass to Cody Latimer in the first game?
1: I mean, <clears throat> yeah, but it's always been an ongoing joke with the Eli face. He's always making a goofy face, taken out of context on the sidelines. So I'm not reading into that. I know I saw. Jones threw that touchdown pass, and Eli was cheering for him, and he went over to him. So I saw that, and of course I saw a little pouty face, but I think that's just Eli being a doof on the sideline like always. Uh, for
0: some reason, that face reminded me of when Peyton Manning won his second Super Bowl. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. but no, of course I do. Eli didn't look particularly happy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um But, yeah, uh, I guess we could maybe talk about a third quarterback here. Do you think they'll even keep one?
1: I do. I think they will, and I think it's going to be Tanny. I think Lalletta and Tanny both looked really good in their first preseason game, and then it seems like they kind of cemented in their heads that they just want to keep Tanny because we really didn't see much from Lalletta in the second game. So I think their, their plan is just to keep Tanny as the guy.
0: Yeah, they didn't let Loletta throw a ton of passes. Um, no. Because I thought Tanny was kind of showing his true colors in that game. You know, I didn't think he played like that great. Um, and then Loretta right, I mean, only threw he a looked few.
1: like a backup is what he looked like.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, he didn't look like he, you know, shouldn't be holding the clipboard anywhere. But uh, you know, that's that's probably what he should be doing, obviously. But. I don't know if they have their long-term backup on this roster, so I would I would be comfortable with rolling with two quarterbacks at that point.
1: You would be comfortable with two or two backups, as in four.
0: Oh no, I would just I would be comfortable with just rolling with two quarterbacks, Manning I, and Jones. Yeah,
1: I could, I could see that, but if I think part of the benefit of having Tanny and they did sign him to an extension this offseason He's an older veteran player, but he's still got enough time to outlast Eli and be a veteran presence for a young quarterback like Daniel Jones. So I think that's where uh, Lauletta doesn't have the upper hand, and Tanny certainly does.
0: Yeah, there's value in that, but let me just paint you a scenario. Say say you are faced with cutting a guy like Sam Beal, potentially, but... You could, you could keep him by
1: cutting Tanny. Would you do that? I would probably cut Tanny at that point, yeah.
0: And I know Beal is maybe a tougher example because they just used a pretty high pick on him. Yeah, they
1: invested quite a bit into someone who hasn't seen the field, but that's a whole other frustrating topic.
0: But let's say Beal wins cornerback five job. Um... Antonio Hamilton versus Alex Tanny. I'd take Tanny. I think it's a little closer there, um, but, you know, I, I'm just not personally valuing a third quarterback too heavily. I think they should probably maybe even draft another one just to be a reliable backup.
1: I could definitely see that in the later rounds of next draft.
0: Yeah, I mean maybe somebody to the level of Kyle La at least with, you know, draft capital just being about a fourth round pick or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's an interesting decision that they're going to make and you brought, you brought up a couple of really great examples with Hamilton and Beal, so it's going to be interesting to see if they'd rather allocate towards having a secure backup quarterback or if they would rather get more potential players elsewhere.
0: Yeah, because, you know, while I thought sneaking Lalletta onto the practice squad was a joke when camp opened, he hasn't really progressed much, so you might be able to just keep him on the practice squad and not really eat up a roster spot.
1: Yeah, maybe, and that would be a best-case scenario, but I think... If they're going to cut ties with Lalletta, they should at least try to trade him for something. He was a fourth-round pick last year, so I think he has some sort of value to a team that doesn't have a good backup quarterback, Um, a team like the Eagles, actually, because we know Wentz is hurt all the time, and their backup just got hurt too. So if they try to trade Lalletta, that could be a pretty good landing spot, and I'd like to see them try to move him before just immediately putting him on the practice squad. And I, I love that point, and
0: this is why I think the Giants are not maximizing that opportunity. He threw how many passes last week? Less than 10. Yeah, barely anything. Um, if you want to present Kyle LaLetta to the league as a quarterback with some potential, you scheme things up for him in the third and fourth quarter. <laughs> you you design plays for this kid and make him look pretty damn good and you know that's really how the Patriots have done it in the past they their quarterback looks good in the preseason they let him throw more than 10 passes and they're probably doing a little extra with the uh the playbook to to make sure it all works out and then they get to trade the guy for a pick
1: yeah I mean obviously the Patriots are master class but the Giants haven't reached that level, and I don't know. I I agree. I think that they're totally mishandling the situation. Loletta needs to see more playing time tonight, in particular.
0: Yeah, you you have to jazz these kids up with some, some fancy plays if you're gonna get anything for them. These these backup quarterbacks, you have to. You really have to create some plays that are gonna grab, attention from other teams. And to just let them throw like a few passes and mostly run the ball, you're not advertising Kyle Lalletta when you do that.
1: Yeah, and that's just they're killing their own trade value that they might have or might not have. They could totally be generating some value, but they're really just killing it at this point. Absolutely.
0: Well, uh, that should wrap us up for today. We have an exciting matchup coming tonight. You know, starters were starters for whole half if all goes well and if the Bengals uh, you know cooperate with that because it seems like the Giants are going to send their starters out
1: yeah it definitely seems like they will they have the past two weeks and like we said it was very disappointing that the Bears decided to sit everybody but I think the Bengals have a lot more question marks on their offense and defense so I I think we'll definitely see some starters tonight
0: well I hope you're right Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so that'll do it for today. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And make sure you go to empiresportsmedia.com to check out some daily New York sports content. Anthony, you have anything else you want to let everyone know about?
1: Yeah, uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm Anthony underscore Rivardo, and Christian is C. Morrell NFL. So we like to interact with fans. We post our articles there. and like to debate sports and Giants, fantasy football, all that. So make sure to check us out
0: absolutely enjoy the game everybody and we'll talk to you next week